Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Saturday, April the 24th. And for many students, the finish line is in sight as the end of many people's semesters are incoming, while for the rest of the world, it was a pretty eventful week, particularly in the world of fight sports, in the case of Derek Chauvin being ruled as guilty, and DMX, the popular artist who recently passed away having his funeral after riding around in a casket and a monster truck all the way from Yonkers to Brooklyn, New York. But without further ado, we will jump right in with the sports section of the podcast. We're in the basketball world, the New York Knicks, a franchise that for many years has been ridiculed for poor management, bad luck with regards to injuries, and absolutely being undesirable to free agent stars. But this year, something changed as the acquisition of coach Tom Thibodeau completely flipped the culture of the team on its head. And now the New York Knicks, that was not too long ago the laughingstock of the NBA, has now become a defensively stout team, a very cohesive unit of brothers, and now a team that was far removed from it, a playoff contender, at the end of this NBA season. So now the New York Knicks, who are presently on a nine-game win streak, the longest in the NBA at the moment, and the longest of any team other than the Utah Jazz, are being led by Julius Randle, the presumed most improved player of this year, and will legitimately try to challenge for at least being the best team in New York. Meanwhile, in the same conference, the Milwaukee Bucks have found their groove as they have defeated multiple high-profile teams within the last week amidst the Philadelphia 76ers still battling with their own injury issues sliding, though still holding on strong to the first-place spot in the Eastern Conference. While out west, Steph Curry is apparently having his best season to date challenging his former MVP season. Unfortunately, this has been accompanied by not having much significant talent by his side to be able to take him to the next level with regards to team success. So Steph Curry is continuing to put up historical numbers while losing most of these games, unfortunately. Luckily for Western Conference fans, Anthony Davis of the Lakers returned this week as he will be pivotal for them making their playoff push, while teams like the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Wizards in the East are being led by their top players to try and make it into the play-in spot to potentially compete for the eighth seed in the playoffs. It remains to be seen whether the abbreviated season will be seen as a successful one, as the real test will be whether or not players can stay healthy and compete at their highest level in the NBA postseason. So with two to three weeks remaining, that will be on the top of every basketball fan's mind. 
But with all of that, surprisingly, the week did not belong to the sport of basketball. Instead, it belonged to two major fights that took place last Saturday and this one that just passed. Last Saturday, YouTube superstar, former daily vlogger, controversial figure, artist by trade, but now boxer, Jake Paul, came out and challenged a UFC fighter named Ben Askren to a bout. And this fight took place this Saturday that just passed. And in this fight, Jake Paul proved a lot of people wrong. As many who doubted Jake Paul's ability to be able to even match the athleticism of a former athlete, Jake Paul would come out and physically dominate the former UFC fighter as he would knock him out in barely even two minutes, just walking into the ring, walking him down, changing elevation, faking him out, and boom, Askren hits the canvas, Jake Paul is a champion. But the question that would loom over the past week was how valid this victory even was. Several people would say that it was staged, Others would say that fighting a retired fighter, even though he was a former world-class athlete, was still not a true fight. The controversy would wish and wash throughout the week when the real conclusion out of all of this is that celebrity fights can still draw attention. The value of that attention is to be determined as many people would claim they didn't even watch the fight, but they were interested in the result. So whether that means finding alternative ways to watch in restaurants, bars, etc., or just watching for the highlights on social media, while the attention was clearly there, I have legitimate questions about how many people would genuinely be willing to pay $50-plus to watch these matches. Especially considering that Jake Paul at this point has beat up on people that that appear to be much less developed as boxers specifically, UFC fighter or not. So this has allowed many people to conclude that Jake Paul will never be able to truly compete for a title, a world-class title, but he can continue to book the fights that no one would ever expect happening and gain a ton of money just off the namesake. He could fight a Drake. He could fight a Leonardo DiCaprio, for that matter. Whoever it may be. Any of these fights would draw attention just from the allure of a celebrity in the ring. For all those who doubted that he would even be able to compete at a high level, he deserves his respect. He is clearly legitimately training as a boxer, and becoming great at it for that matter. And this will become a spectacle that is worth monitoring because it's a lesson not just in YouTube celebrities, actual fighters for that matter. It's a true masterclass in the ability to pivot as a person with an audience. Jake Paul, who was known as a YouTuber who appealed to children, 
is now being touted as a high-level boxer. There are very few people who have shown this ability to pivot in their careers. So credit to him for doing something that is grabbing the world's attention every single time. And I presume that unless a fight looks absolutely ridiculous, he will continue to be able to generate the word-of-mouth attention. So the lesson in the theme of this week's podcast is one of resilience as Jake Paul is showing many people that despite what labels may or may not be applied to you in your career, it is always subject to change with the right amount of work. The quote unquote YouTube vlogger is now the celebrity boxer. And who knows, five years from now, he might just be the next talk show host. It all comes from a desire to grow. But even with all of that, it was not the end of the news cycle for fighting sports, as just coming off of this exact weekend, the African Nigerian, to be specific, fighter Kamaru Usman, the UFC champion in the welterweight division, has taken on Jorge Masvidal, the Miami game-bred fighter most notably known for his street fighting acumen, which has transferred over to being a high-level boxer in the UFC. One of the first full-capacity events took place this weekend as Kamaru Usman went against Masvidal, who was one of the few to genuinely challenge him on his title. And Masvidal did it off of a short notice. So coming into this fight, many people touted it as Usman the wrestler, the technical fighter, the man who wasn't necessarily a people's champion yet, but had proven a lot in his ability to be a competitor. He would go against Masvidal, who was the fan favorite, and they fought at his home state of Florida. When Usman came out to fight, he heard nothing but boos as Masvidal was rained and showered with love. This was seen as a very close matchup, a hard-to-predict one. But after a close first round, Usman would hit Masvidal with an overhand punch that he just simply did not see coming. And as the punch made impact, all the sweat from Masvidal's face seemed to exit his body in an unbelievable scene. And within seconds of the impact heard around the world, Masvidal was completely out cold, dropped to the ground, and the next time he opened his eyes, he would see that his championship fight was over. And Kamaru Usman seemingly officially penciled his name in as the best mixed martial arts fighter pound for pound in the UFC. So this fight shook up a lot in the martial arts world as Usman is now a fighter on his way to potentially being the GOAT with very few names legitimately left to challenge his run. He may not only be the GOAT 
of the sport, he could potentially own the longest win streak in the division. So with the defeat of a fan-loved Masvidal, Usman has catapulted his name into popular culture, and I'm sure his next fight will draw a lot of new eyes. Case in point, this week had a lot of wins for the fighting world. As on one side, a YouTuber would redefine the landscape, and on the other, the Nigerian superstar would be able to lead off the first full-capacity event in the sports world in the United States. So kudos to them, and that will allow us to transition to the music section of the podcast. As still coming off the DMX news, there actually were some legitimate releases this week. DMX, who had his funeral in the Barclays Center, he had many people attend, including Swiss Beats, Kanye West Choir, his family. Just a, a very touching event to honor his life. But with that, there were three new projects that are garnering attention that dropped in this past week. The first of which was Corday. The DMV rapper released a short project called Just Until a set of four tracks to hold down his fan base before his new album release. And on this would be one track featuring Tribe Called Quest legend Q-Tip, in addition to having a track with Young Thug. And with Corday doing his, at this point what he's known for, J. Cole-esque, relaxing but still lyrical rap style, he would deliver on this four-pack project and hold down fans who his fan base has been patiently waiting for his next release. In addition, Memphis, Tennessee rapper Moneybag Yo, the trap artist, released a 20-plus song project where he would give his absolute best lyrically and have some pretty significant features on this new project called A Gangster's Pain. This is a project featuring the likes of Future, Polo G, Pharrell, Janae Aiko, and a lot of trapping going on on this album. But with that, I believe he delivered a solid project, but I'll come back next week and deliver my opinion on it as I will with the Young Thug Project Slime Language that released last week, as I thought it was a solid album. There were a few notable tracks, and it still doesn't challenge his So Much Fun Project, which I believe is one of the greatest trap albums of all time. But he was able to deliver a much better project than the first Slime Language. But the issue still remains that many people have no idea who the artists are, on the album outside of the obvious ones, the Drakes, etc., that are already famous. But for the lesser-known artists, they tend to blend in on a few of the songs when they sound like Thug or other people already featured on it. So people will continue to dislike it because of that, and I can't blame them for it. 
Luckily, Thug would be talented enough to produce more than a few standout tracks, including the song Ski, that has been taking over social media with people performing the viral TikTok dance, where people pretending to ski down the mountain with that dance, and I assume that'll be enough to skyrocket the song to the top of the charts. But lastly, the project that will probably go more under the radar, but the new project, Michigan Boy Boat by Little Yachty. Little Yachty, who has not received great reviews on his projects of prior, but here he is again with Michigan Boy Boat after a streak of releasing these short Lucy-style singles of him just in the studio rapping. These songs have done enough to keep him in the minds of many in the culture, and surely has done enough for me to visit this project myself. And I will be back next week to talk about whether or not he finally can succeed when it comes to a project, though we know he has a fair share of hit songs throughout the past five to six years now. And that has been the extent of the news in the music section. As we can conclude with the film as two shows, unfortunately coming to a close, have continued to dominate timelines. The first of which is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The project that followed after WandaVision caught on all the hype from that and has delivered. As in its conclusion, spoiler alert, The Falcon takes the shield, he has a new costume, and he has accepted his role as the new black Captain America. This episode put a lot of emphasis on race, on terrorism, and government at that matter, as though the action as expected had its moments, the choreography was there. What would stand out to many were the conversations that took place, whether it was from the leader of a quote-unquote terrorist group speaking on why she needed to terrorize in order to bring justice to her people, or whether it was from the Falcon speaking to government officials, advising them to learn to understand the struggle of others. As being able to simply ignore struggle allows people to make decisions that may seem logical to them, but could ultimately lead to some pretty detrimental situations for the people that those rules affect. So it will conclude in a bevy of feel-good moments as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be hanging out with family, eating, just enjoying life. The Falcon would get a monument built in a museum for the other super serum soldier, the one who was forgotten and experimented on. And the show would leave off, presumably leading and preparing people for a Captain America film or at least an appearance. And now Marvel fans are left with awaiting the new Loki show that is scheduled to come out in June. While the other show that is greatly grabbing people's attention for those who have seen it is Invincible, the show about 
the kid superhero struggling to figure out how to be a superhero in his world. A world filled with many other people with superpowers and him being the son of the greatest superhero his planet has ever seen. But this is filled with some grotesque violence, some real issues with regards to hiding his identity. But most recently, another spoiler alert, he is now faced with having witnessed his father murder what appeared to be an innocent superhero. So now the main character of the show, Invincible, also just known as Mark, is in a situation where he hasn't been a great superhero. Many people have died because of his inability to be that. He may be tasked currently with having to challenge the greatest superhero of all time. But based on what the show has shown so far, he will not be able to just 1v1 his father. And instead, I suspiciously suspect that his father has some secret agenda that the show has just been waiting for the season finale coming up next week to reveal that'll dramatically switch the public opinion from him being potentially the biggest villain of the series to a shining hero protecting his people. But it remains to be seen. The end of the episode led many people to be on edge as they wouldn't know what would come next. He murdered people in front of live TV. Imagine the world watching Superman murder an innocent hero. The show has challenged the superhero stereotype in so many ways and deserves its credit for sure for handling that. As in this animation... You quickly get connected to the characters and immediately feel the I have to know what's next effect. So as usual, I will be keeping my eye out and watching the season finale. And as I haven't reported on the show from the beginning, I will give my review on the finale as well as the show in its totality in this next coming week as that will conclude this week's episode. And as always, I have to thank you for listening. I appreciate you for taking your time out, learning about what's going on in the world with me, allowing me to disseminate and decode what is taking place and its relevance. Please let me know if there's any way you think I can improve. And I appreciate you taking out the time. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.